Across the United States, Indigenous families are searching for their loved ones. For closure. We would tell each other, what, what do you think she said? And what was her last words, you know? Did she cry for help or did she pray? The missing and murder Indigenous women. Hauka, this is Mary. Ketanani, this is Sylvia. And, and welcome, welcome to the Native, Native Sisters Podcast. Welcome back. We skipped a week. <laughs> Sylvia? Uh, yeah, I've been... We had a crazy sickness go through my house, and it was hell. But I survived, and so did my kids, so we're fine. <laughs> if you don't know, Sylvia has four kids and a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> Melanie. And everybody was sick. They had like a respiratory virus that they picked up in school and brought home. And we've literally been sick for like probably three weeks, if you count everybody being sick. And I still kind of got it, but not really. And everybody else is fine. It's not the Rona. They yeah, tested. It's not, it's, yeah, we're negative for Rona. And Genevieve were driving home the other night and we listened to the morbid episode I don't remember her name Julie something and she was the lady in Louisiana that rocked in her rocking chair and she was like a psychic and when people drove by she would like yell out premonitions and they would always come true and then um, she would always say that when she uh, died she was gonna take the whole town with her and everybody thought it was true because everything she's ever said came true. I don't know the name of the episode. I didn't listen to it. I'm yeah, behind. Genevieve, like, she loved it. I thought she was going to be scared, but she's not. I listen to Morbid every week. I'm usually well, caught not, up. because you haven't seen I'm that I'm usually one. caught up, but I've been, we've been busy. I feel like both of us have been busy. Oh, it's called I've been the... working. I had to work late on last Friday. Um, what else? All kinds of stuff. Halloween. Halloween. We went out for Halloween. We had a hotel for the weekend. Dude, October was so busy for me. All, All the kids' three birthdays. Of my, yeah, three of my kids had birthdays. It was Halloween. We were sick. Like, I don't know how I survived, but somehow I made it to November. <laughs> um, the episode is called um, The Curse of Manchac Swamp. Um, and it's about Aunt Julia. That was her name. You guys should listen to it. Did you see that? Um, so Morbid talked about it in one of their episodes and there was this TikTok that was of a picture of a lake and then they like looked in the water and it looked like there was a foot in the water. Was it Lake Lanier? I don't remember. Oh, it was. It was that Yeah, one. I remember that episode. Yeah, and I went on TikTok and looked and it's kind of, it's creepy. Is it still there? Yeah, you can look it up. I think I think that is the name, Lake Lanier. It's haunted. It's supposed to be like a haunted lake too. But you can see the foot in the water. Pretty sure. And then it just disappeared. No, it was just there in the water. I know, but then. But what then they didn't show the anything picture? else. That's it. Was it they photoshopped? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. It was on. It's on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Everything is true. I on don't TikTok. have the TikTok, so I don't. I couldn't look at it. <laughs> Sylvie's going to be going into her episode. 
what's our what's today's story about okay so the title of our story is the mysterious case mm. the red-headed cannibals of love love lock cave Ooh. it's um pretty cool so in northern nevada there's a cave named love lock cave it's about a 30-minute drive north of the town of Lovelock, Nevada. And the cave itself is about 150 feet in length, 35 feet wide, and 40 feet deep. And it's known to be in use since 2580 BC. And it was intensely inhabited in 1000 BC. And it, <clears throat> it was used by humans for more than 4,000 years. So it's a pretty old cave. Mm -hmm. And um, it, a lot of the um, people who research the cave say that it was inhabited by Native Americans in the area, um, most commonly probably by the Paiute tribe, which is in northern Nevada. Are there people allowed to go in the cave now? Yes. It's okay. like... Uh, so we're going to the cave. I want to. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon Caverns? I think it's the Grand Canyon Caverns. It's like by Wallapai, Peach Springs. Yeah. Like all the natives over there. <laughs> well, there's a, a caverns that you can, like, you take an elevator down into the cave. I went there before. No, that sounds scary. It It's not, it's kind of scary when you think about it, but once you get down there, it's not that bad. What if there was an earthquake? You'd probably survive. I'm not sure, though. But... It's pretty cool. There's, um, I guess it's similar to that, but that one's probably bigger, I think, because like the pictures and videos that I saw of this cave are much smaller. Like there is like a little, like a landing area inside the cave that's like got like almost looks like a deck. So Wait, you can walk down is this into the Grand it. Canyon or no, at the Love Lock? Okay. The Grand Canyon caverns, I think, are bigger. Oh. <clears throat> So anyways, um, in 1911, two miners went down into the cave to, to mine bat guano. <laughs> no they were. They were. No offense, they but... were. So, um, I don't know if you guys seen Ace Ventura, but if you did, you know what bat guano is. <laughs> guano. Guano. Um, so it's basically just bat poop. So the miners were going in there to mine out all of this bat dung to sell for fertilizer use. And I also learned during my research that they used bat guano back then for um, ammunition or gunpowder, like it's an explosive, apparently. So that's kind of weird. So when they went down into the cave, they removed 250 tons of bat guano. Oh like, my God. Like, six, how do they even do like that? Like six to four feet deep of bat guano inside the cave. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. And how do you, like, what do you do with it? Like, you just for research. Cart it out? It's for research. No, it's for fertilizer. <laughs> um, but while they what were you, in there. What do you use this bat guano fertilizer for? What type of plant? Well, it's high in nitrogen, phosphate, and potassium, which is like the NPK of fertilizers. You know those numbers on mm -hmm. the fertilizer? Mm -hmm nitrogen, phosphate, and potassium. Um, so it's used in gardeners. Is that what they were using it for? Yeah, that's what okay. they were mining it out for, is for fertilizer. 
but it can also be used as an explosive, apparently. Oh. Um, so yeah, they removed 250 tons, which I see, which I think is a lot. Wait, when was this? 1911. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. So while they were taking out all this bat guano, they found artifacts in there. Um, so they removed, I read, up from 1,000 to 2,000 different artifacts out of the cave. And it's believed that it was um, the local Native Americans' possessions that were in there. So they're called artifacts, but I mean, back then they were just their possessions. Um, so one of the cooler things in the artifacts that I thought was like the coolest was they made duck decoys. So it was like, a, it, it was made in the shape of a duck and it was made out of tule leaves. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So um, the artifacts that they found in there were sent away to museums such as the Smithsonian and other museums far away and not anything local. Um, but yeah, we'll, we can include a picture of the duck decoy on the like the Instagram or Facebook page because it's pretty cool. It's awesome. So yeah, um, a lot of that, the stuff that came out of there um, went away to museums, but the miners also destroyed a lot of artifacts when they were doing that. Which sucks, because I bet you there was some pretty cool stuff in there. But then, again, in 1965, archaeologists from the University of California came into the Lovelock Cave, and they're searching for more artifacts, and they found eight burial sites inside the cave under four feet of bat guano. So, um... Did they use the bat guano to bury? <laughs> I have no idea. The, I, after like they talk about so much bat guano but they don't talk about like all the bats that just make this bat guano in there. I know is it like when they go in there there's a bunch of bats all I over I know did you think there would have to be so many bats in there like they didn't tell the stories about being attacked by bats or like do they like leave at a certain time <laughs> maybe I don't know too much about global bats. warming <laughs> maybe they but like I mean still that's like four feet of, that's a lot yeah, there had to be a lot of bats, well, or just that they nobody was living there or anything well, for a long yeah, time. But the bats, apparently. <laughs> um, so they found eight burial sites inside the cave, and then they also found two burial sites that were outside. And the the bones that they found were human, but they seemed to be larger in size than your average normal human. So. Um, they like they got taken to the University of California Berkeley. Hey, that's where you went. Yes. So <laughs> my alma mater, but also we know Berkeley as the story of Ishi. That's where Ishi yeah, went. They took his brain. Well, they took him there and then he died of tuberculosis and then they kept his brain for observation. Those bastards. Did they ever give it back? I think I they did. I think they did. Eventually. Jerks. Yeah. I um and by the way, theory. by the way, hold on, because you went to UC Berkeley, a lot of people don't know that you know Dallas Goldtooth, and you actually went Who to... Who also went to Berkeley. Yeah, they went to UC Berkeley together, and we all met him because you guys brought him up to Orville. Oh, yeah. And he came he and hung out. He was road dog, and we <laughs> went, went all over the place. Us. Yeah. 
Two of my best friends back then. Yeah, and Dallas Goldtooth on reservation dogs. You know, the, the spirit guy <laughs> who runs in to go for holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know his brother, too, Mickey Z. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> so, I have a theory that, you know, uh, Ishii, I don't know if you get, if you guys don't know the story of Ishii, he's like the, ma- known as like the last native um, man that was living out on his own. He was the last of his tribe. They he's claimed. the last person. So, he was um, captured in the mountains in Butte County, which is where we grew up, and, um, he was taken by, I don't know who, who got him, but he ended up in the University of California, Berkeley. Um, and then he ended up dying of tuberculosis and they kept his brain when he died because he was the last of his tribe, apparently, and there was nobody to take it. Um, but in, in that area of Butte County where he was taken from, uh, there's been like crazy bad luck like there's just fires that rip through that area like several times almost like every year like a fire's taken out like large large portions of land the lake almost overflowed and flooded like they evacuated the town i was living there during that time and i lived <laughs> below the dam yeah. like two oh, miles yeah, below the dam right under it, i would have yeah. died and then, like, trying to get out of the town, everything, like, the roads were just blocked. Even, like, the campfire, which is right there. If you see, like, the documentary they had of the people trying to get out, like, yeah, there was, I was no way li- out. I was in line. I know. I know. I was like, well, if the dam breaks, I'm going to die. I was just sitting in the car with all my stuff. And um, the line was so long. Like, I was still in town. I was like... Well, I'm dead. If Where the, was dead? And then they gave like a. Well, he was at home because he's he up at home. He's oh. up on the hill. Like I was down, like oh, below that's the dam. When he wasn't living there. Yeah, he wasn't living yeah. down there. He was living on the res. Yeah. And they're up on the hill, so they're okay. But still, a lot of people from the res went up the mountain towards Berry Creek. But um, I remember I was there, and they were like, "Oh, the dam's gonna break in 30 minutes." And then everybody got like this emergency alert on their phone, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, is this and real? Then, yeah. And my ex-boyfriend at the time was like, "It ain't real. We don't gotta go." Oh my god. And I was like, "I'm like, well, I'm leaving. I'm packing all my stuff." And I started packing, and then I guess like then maybe 15 minutes later, he was like, "Okay, I'm coming home to pack some stuff." And then I was already like gone. Trying to get way, out yeah, of the trying, line. Yeah, the line was so long. I was just sitting there. I was like, well, I'm going to die anyways. So. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. <laughs> it was scary. They evacuated half a million people because they thought the dam was going to break. It could have. Like, it was maxed out. Yeah. It like, was, the water it was, was overflowing on the overflow. Yeah. The, thank God they had the overflow. Well, but no, the, they okay, didn't so, at no. the time. So they thought it was... Um, so the spillway was, was, was ruptured, right? That's why... That's why they couldn't mm-hmm. let the water out of the dam. Yep. So the water just over. kept building and building and building. And then they're like, oh. Well, could, they couldn't let it out fast enough. Like it was the water. It, there's only a certain speed that can go mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. And then it started going over the emergency spillway. But it wasn't prepared. It's never been used since mm-hmm. it was made. And um, the water was eroding under the dam. Like it was It was about digging. to take the dam out. Yeah. So that's why they thought it was going to break. Because I, I guess I don't know much history about the Orville Dam, which I should because I lived up there for a yeah, long time. Yeah, well, they put a big lake over a reservation up there. Uh-huh. 
That's probably why. It's all their land. But anyway, see, that's back to my theory, is that Ishii just wanted his brain back. And even if he did get it back, he's probably still mad about not having it for all those years. And he's having all of this karma come back on that land probably. that he was ripped from. Maybe. Like, the lake. Look at Berry Creek. Berry Creek burnt down. Paradise burnt down. Concow burnt down. Like, everywhere if I that is beautiful up there him, just was mad. taken out. And then the, that fire that just burnt, the Dixie fire that just burnt up through Polga and around Maybe. through Greenville. Anyways, that's my theory. She just wanted his brain back. And but I thought that they time. gave it back. I know. I said even if he did get it back, oh. he's just mad still. Well, he's probably not on, like, together wherever. I don't know where he's buried. Or if they buried him. Or I, where they put I him. should know that, but I don't. Maybe I we'll do a story on Ishii. Yeah, maybe we'll cover that later. Yes. We'll do this story. Yes. So anyways, UC Berkeley, which is actually a pretty good school. Um, they always, uh, their archaeology department is crap, apparently. It's not crap, but they take things that aren't theirs and keep possession of them. Like, they have like brains. Like bones, like duck decoys. All of our like recordings, they have a bunch of recordings of natives all over California. And then they don't even give you access to them. Like you have to request permission to even access the recordings. I know. I hate how like when you go to try and pick acorns down here and you want to go up to Laguna, you have to have a permit to go do it. Like who are you? Why are you trying to tell me that I need a permit to go get acorns? And like fishing? Yes. <laughs> well, I have mean, a fishing license? You could get a free fishing license if you're low income in California. Only if you're low if income. You're native. So if you don't make enough money, then you get a free fishing license. I think but all natives you... should get it even if you're low income yeah, or not. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was also wondering on here is if the artifacts ever made it back to the native people. I think I saw a video about um, some of the artifacts being in a local museum, like in Winnemucca, which is close to Lovelock. But I don't know if the native, like if the Paiutes ever fought back for it, which is kind of common where you have to, like tribes do fight back for their bones and stuff. Um, well, I know um, the museum here in San Diego, they changed the name. It used to be Museum of Man, now it's Museum of Us. <laughs> and they are working on like because I actually went there and I got to go um, look at all the artifacts and stuff that they had in there it was kind of sc- scary it gives you weird vibes mm. going in there um, like but, human bones yeah but they're by. actually working towards giving the native people their artifacts back like baskets and pottery and see stuff. that's cool yeah they're working on giving those items back that's awesome it shouldn't be a fight like natives should just go and be in there, go in there and be like, "Hey, these are our bones and we want them." And they're like, "Okay, let me pack them up." That's what <laughs> they. That's what bag. it should be, you know. And it's not. They're like, "Oh no, you're gonna have to fight us for it. Take us to court." Yeah, fist fight or go to court. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, sure I could take you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure your security guards aren't aren't big enough. Anyways, so. <laughs> Yeah, so the large human bones um, were estimated to when the human was alive that they were from 6 foot 8 inches tall to 10 feet tall. And they were, they were found to have had bright red hair. 
Um, so then that leads us to um, a story in the Paiute tribe that includes red-headed cannibal giants that ate children and elders. Well, no, they, that's not all they did, but they were a tribe of red-headed cannibals and they were super tall and they would feud with the local tribes in the area of Lovelock Cave, near Lovelock Cave. And and they were just bad, you know, like barbarians that just wreaked havoc on the whole area. And so the whole, the whole um, area of tribes ended up um, getting together and talking about how bad these people were and like oh we got to get rid of them what are we going to do so they just pledged this big whole war against so it's like you know northern nevada natives versus the red-headed cannibal tribe um because they were they were eating and their children and well they're just wreaking havoc like they you know they're probably just tearing up everything and Back then, I mean, like right now, that area is like kind of desolate and just like desert and shrubs. Probably even worse than Campo. Like we don't have a whole lot of trees in Campo. I mean, we do have oak trees and stuff, but a lot of it is just like chemise and sage. It's it's not a lot. But in this area, like there's literally almost, you know, the Burning Man festival that they have. Yep. It's really close to where this place is. Hmm. So that's the there's kind like of desert. Out, it's yeah, desert, there's nothing out there. Yeah, a nothing cactuses. out there. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe some cactuses. Um, so they, um, back then, there was like a huge lake in that area. That's probably like how they made all the tule stuff out of tule. They would eat the tulies, they would make stuff out of them. Like, they would use all that. They had a lot more stuff to work with than what they have out there right now. Yeah. But anyway, so then they were, uh, they had this war against them, and they said they would shoot their arrows towards these tall beasts, and the they would just reach up and grab the arrows and then throw them back at them. Like they were just <laughs> they were giants. They were giants, and they were just huge, big people, and it was almost like they they couldn't win. Hmm. So, does it say like what year this was? Like, when it was? no, I didn't. They see. probably didn't have the so, year. Um, the Paiutes call their um, these people, this tribe of people, Sitika, Sitika, something like that. So, but the, in the Paiute language, that translates to the Thule eaters. Mm. So, they were probably like going through, you know, just messing everything up, eating all their food. You know, not living the, the the life of everybody else around them, and they were just afraid that they were just going to tear up everything and kill everybody, and they wouldn't have nothing left. So they um, had this all-out war with them, and um, the only way that they got the ups on them is the they ran them into the cave, which is now the Lovelock Cave. They ran him into the cave and they were just held up in there and like the ones that came out for water or for food, they would shoot them when they came out of the cave, you know, like just waited there for them. And then 
they were like, well, what are we going to do? So they ended up building uh, like a brush all the way around the front of the cave and lighting it on fire. Oh, so they're trying to kill them all in the cave. Well, yeah, so it suffocated them because they didn't have any oxygen in there. So that's how they ended up winning the war of the of the red-headed cannibal giants is burning them in the cave. So there's I was when I was reading on here the um there was a chief I don't know if you've ever heard of Chief Winnemucca but his daughter in 1883 she wrote about the myth because she's Paiute, mm-hmm. so she wrote about the myth of the red-headed cannibal giants, and she read how they were at war for them, with them for three years, and then that they drove them into this cave and lit a fire to kill them. Um, I'm curious how, I don't know if you're going to get to it, but how big these giants were. Yeah, six feet eight to ten feet tall. Oh, that's dang. what that's what they estimated them to be, and to have bright red hair. That's kind of odd. So the red hair. So I know that is random. odd. They, I mean, I wonder some. I some of the theories that I came across were that they were Vikings, because you know how Vikings are known to be really tall. Yeah. And then redheaded. Or what if they just used like? Um, that kind of makes sense. The Vikings mm-hmm. are really um, bigger people. Or maybe they were just like. Or if they put, like, clay in their hair and it just looked Washed red. it out. Because, I mean, the red clay out there. Well, some some of the archaeologists say, of course, they're trying to shoot the myth down. But they just say that um, after being dead for so long, like hundreds of years and being found that long, that the hair pigment changed. Like, they weren't really red-headed but after so many years of just sitting in four feet of bat dung that your hair is going to be red oh okay i mean that does make sense too. but this this girl sarah winnemucca claims that they had red hair no she claimed yes she says that they had red hair and it's part of the paiute oral tradition history of this myth is that um they have red hair and Sarah Winnemucca claims that she had a piece of the hair that she'd taken from the giants after it was killed, and she kept it, and it's been passed down through her family for generations and generations. I don't know if it still exists, but that's what she wrote in her book in uh, 1883. Life Among the Paiutes, I think. It's, it's just, a, it's not only about the red-headed yeah. giants, but it's about life as a Paiute, I guess, back then. Um, so she um, kept it, and it was on, I think, one of the headdress before. It was on one of her dress. Like, they wear it out with the little piece of red hair all over it. That's kind of crazy, <laughs> huh? Yeah, that is that's crazy. That's savage. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd be... Um, so, I mean, basically, that it, it, it's just a myth, apparently. But if you go to the cave today, where, where, the where entrance of the cave has a black marks on the top entrance of the cave. 
and of course archaeologists try to say that it's or geologists will you know have some kind of answer for it but really it's it's from the burning the burning the giants out don't you think yeah I believe it. Well, when it comes it down to it, the native I'm going to believe the native story over the white man's story trying to make up their own stories of why things are that they are, the way they are. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I know for sure these things existed. Like you don't have to convince me. And even if she didn't have a piece of hair that she carried around in her dress, I would believe her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the large, large human bones. That's like, um, I don't. I. I mean, I guess six foot eight isn't really super, super tall. Not nowadays. But Not back, nowadays. I mean, like people then. in the NBA are like seven foot tall, right? Like I don't know what the largest man is <laughs> in existence. But um, that's what their that's their backup is like. Yeah, that's not that tall. Six foot eight. Like people are six foot eight all the time. Yeah. And the Paiute people probably might not be on the taller side. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the average height is. Like on smoke signals. Yeah. So this Apache is three feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> this sucker's three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they also said that, like, you know, they probably weren't Paiute. And I don't think they were Paiute because the Paiutes were feuding with them. But where did they come from? Yeah. I think they were Vikings. They could have been Vikings. It could have been ancestors to Vikings. But if they weren't, maybe they were like Bigfoot. Bigfoot could have, they could have like derived part DNA like from Bigfoot or Sasquatch or the Yeti. Yeah. Like, does the Yeti only has... live in oh, the yeah. cold? Yeti probably does. But we don't know what, how cold it was there then. Northern Nevada does get snow. I think they're like high desert. But yeah, back then, really it could have been even colder. Yeah, the weather was a lot different back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's basically all I got. That's it. That's yeah. it. You're done. Yeah. So, no, but <laughs> they also have found footprints in the cave in more recent times. And, and people document it, and of course, they're like, oh... Like, I don't think, like, I was looking at the area around the pictures of the area. Like, if they did live there, where would they go? Because there's just, like, volcanic mountains around it, buttes. Well, like wasn't a there a story that they lived under the ground or something? Mm, I didn't hear that one. I didn't Maybe I heard that, that from my coworker because I asked him about it. Oh, maybe. Because <laughs> he's Paiute, and he knew, he knew the story about them burning them and stuff. Uh-huh. And he told me about it. I don't know if it was him. I was like, do you think they're still there? And he said, yeah. Yeah, people believe that they're still there. Like, they've found footprints. Big footprints. Yeah, huge footprints. What if they live in the rocks? Like, the hills have rise. They could. They could. Or they have tunnels under the ground and they never die. They just run Like, what if they're still in the cave, but it's like a hidden entrance that they hide in? And they're so strong that they just move the rocks out of the way to another tunnel? True. That could happen. I believe it. I think they're still. I, I, I mean, I don't know. They, if they are out there, they have to live like underground or behind a rock, like you said, because there's there. nothing to hide behind. You know how like Bigfoot, like lives in like wooded areas. 
Well, these people don't have a bunch of trees to hide behind. Hmm. Yeah, they'd have to live in their own. Yeah. Well, there's not even that many rocks, right? No. Well, I guess there's kind of rocks, but like if you, uh, we'll sit, we'll put pictures up there on the. I seen Instagram, like the shoes. But, they found like shoes. Yeah, those are part of the artifacts. There was like a big, huge shoe. And then the um. And skulls. skulls. The skulls. Yeah. That's the skulls. The, that's that the they picture found, I shared on Instagram. <laughs> were like big like one of them was just big like round but one of them was like cone head kind of i don't know i don't know i mean it's kind of just a mystery still when people always debunk it like the the researchers and stuff but like i'm sure like the natives are like oh yeah those are from the red-headed cannibals duh yeah <laughs> i'm sure they're like that too you don't know the story what <laughs> Oh yeah, my ancestors knew them. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's the story of the red-headed... I was going to say the red-headed stranger. <laughs> red-headed stranger. <laughs> Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was it? The red-headed cannibal giants of Lovelock Cave. Okay. So I wanted to give out a shout-out to my buddy Zach, he tipped me off on this uh, story. Uh, we've been friends since we were kids up in Concal. He added me on Facebook. <laughs> friends, he yeah. probably remembers me when Maybe. I was a kid. Maybe, you were like a baby. <laughs> I think you were born like when <laughs> I knew him as a kid. Probably. Yeah. And I wanted to give a shout out to Blue Eagle. He gave us some Gord songs for our intro for our podcast. So shout out Blue Eagle, thank you for supporting us. Thank you. And thank you everybody for all your support and sharing all of our episodes and everything. We appreciate it. We sure do. Thanks. Alright guys, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Sorry we're late on our episode. Yeah, um, we got our website up. You can check it out at www.nativesisterspodcast.com. And you can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Native Sisters Podcast. You can send us an email at Native Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. See you, see you see next ya. time.